Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Monday night. I am in East Lansing, Michigan, home of the Michigan Beef Expo taking place this weekend. We are uh, heading up into north central Michigan tomorrow afternoon as far north as Evart, Teen Herbis, and a few other breeders up in that region by tomorrow afternoon. Even uh, as we build towards the Michigan Beef Expo this weekend, going to have on some uh, statewide legends, some some regional legends, some national legends this week. And uh, first up, I'm pleased to be joined by old friends Ryan Verhelly and Brandon Hill, uh, both graduates of the greatest university in the world, Michigan State University. Could you guys just uh, say a little something, introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, Brandon Hill and uh, obviously Central Michigan guy and uh, friends with Verhelly. Got uh, wife Jessica and two boys, Davis and Quentin. Somehow I got attached to this guy, or he got attached to me when we were younger, showing cattle. Just, just left your place, uh, Brandon, and heck of a set of calves you had in the mud. Y'all are growing some really high-quality mud up here in uh, Michigan this year. But uh, even through the mud, your calves yeah. looked really good. Uh, encourage Appreciate anyone that's, well, uh, listening to the podcast to reach out to you if they're looking for a good show calf. Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. Well, we're surrounded by water, so the majority of the time it's soggy. Last but not least, Ryan Verhelly, tell the audience about yourself. Uh, Ryan Verhelly grew up in uh, Linden, Michigan. Um, married uh, Sarah Verhelly, have two daughters, uh, Riley, who's oh, 15, soon to be 16, and mobile. And then Ashlyn Verhelly, who's 11, and uh, enjoy exhibiting stock here in Michigan. And just want to say some of those high-quality cattle you saw at Hill's house, I, I own part of some of them. There you go. You silent, silent partner. Oh, yeah, good yeah. cowboys. I look, I look at calves every every third year or so over there. Verhelly <laughs> yeah. would be most famous for being a uh, nationally known sportsman and fisherman. But uh, he he blesses the industry with his cattle knowledge from time to time. Uh, very highly successful and one of the three or four people that I grew up with in the early 2000s, cutting my teeth, going to shows with, having a little bit of success here and there. And uh, you actually spent some time at Sullivan Supply at, at uh, one point early on after you graduated from MSU. So uh, yeah, I know a little bit about you, but uh, we'll get into more of that later. But uh, we'll try to stick to the to the bullet points that I sent you all earlier. So, Verhelly, uh, could you tell me one unique story about the show cattle business in the Michigan market uh, with or without having to do or doesn't have to with the Michigan Beef Expo? Just give me one unique story that the audience may not know previously. Oh, I, that that list is long, but it's uh, just, just the livestock in general nationwide how how far they've come it doesn't matter the species that it everything's getting better so here's a specific question for you i know that you have a lifelong friendship and uh he's your buddy joe sullivan from dunlap iowa during our mid-2000s run whenever we were having a nice little run of success with the andrew and luke jaroche family of the upper peninsula of michigan uh we uh, had a baldy steer back back in the day from old brother Joe Sullivan, a mocky oak calf. Do you remember that calf at all, D? Uh, like it was yesterday, because you kind of chewed me out for buying that one for that family. 
But, uh, uh, no, that one. He was definitely a prospect steer. Did he win as a fat steer? Well, no, but he was just have a little bitty bitty Picasso cow, and I thought he quit growing. And well, he never quit growing. <laughs> so, Lock, there you go. There's, <laughs> there's no, no, there's no. It's it's fifth, it's five or six and one, and half a dozen in the other. I would say ninety-five percent of the show families out there would sacrifice a chance to win the state fair for that Michigan Winter Beef Show or Spring Beef Show. Uh, Grand champion title, and I do believe that steer won the Winter Beef Show in that December of that year, didn't he, Pirelli? Yeah, he he won that one, and oh, uh, had 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 a little good bit of luck with him there at a few Ohio jackpots, and then he was uh, reserve overall at Beef Expo there under under a good friend of ours that had an unfortunate passing, a uh, old Kent Haberger. And, Kenty always liked him like that baldy steer. Big boned and good looking for sure. I still like him freaky. You bet. Yeah, I uh I remember several times coming up here for the preview show in December in the mid two thousands and uh we'd start the week off at your show barn and one of them years we just didn't think we had it. Just just calf wasn't good enough, whether it was your eye that picked them out or my eye. And we were ready to haul down to Steve Bonham's to pick up a better one because we just didn't think we'd get it done. And I think we ended up just getting by with what we had and might have even made the top five with something that we didn't think was quite good enough when the week started. I'm rem- yeah. Am I remembering that right, Verheli, or is, is, well, is time yeah. getting in the way of my memory? Well, time's getting away of all of our memories anymore. We're, <laughs> we're, we're no longer 20, but... Uh, just run what you brung and hope for the best type deal. You're talking about that baldy seared roast, that mossy oak. So I've got a story involving Verheli and James Williams and mossy oak's mom, if you want me to tell it. Heading to Louisville, Klinger, Tom Klinger, obviously raised mossy oak's mom there, and she's a total play. Do you remember what she was on the bottom side, B? Uh, went back to Cunia somewhere. I think. That was. I, it, Yep, total play Cunha. It might have been a direct Cunha, but anyways, so we had Mossy Oaks' mom, Tom. I grew up in northern or central Missouri. Tom had let us show in heifers, you know, quite a bit and worked with them. And we had her. I was, I think, twenty. And Verheli and James Williams were, what were you? Fifth? Are you four years younger? Me, probably fifteen. Couldn't drive. That was for sure. No, I know because I so I drove. We followed the Beller crew because. James, his uncle Jeff, was running all the cows or show calves there. <clears throat> Anyways, we got down there, and I supplied the boys with little provisions, just, you know, being the nice older, you know, mentor. And by golly, I'd take care of them the rest of the night. And we got to the hotel and, said, you know, talked to Jeff, and he said, oh, I can get a hotel room for you guys. You're just helping us on the show string. you got to get your own. So I had to take care of them, too, James and Raheli. And we had that mossy oak cow or mother with us the whole time. I felt like the big, the big dad in the situation. <laughs> Have your hands full of stuff too at that age. Oh, yeah, I mean, I get into more details, but there's enough people listening. <laughs> I can just about imagine. So, uh, anyways, Hill, I don't know quite as much about your, uh, you know, I call it your teeth-bearing years or whatever, but uh, could you give me a unique story from your upbringing in the livestock industry 
Uh, I do have a personal request. If you could include Nick Berry in the story, that would be great. I know that you and him are buddies, but uh, if it doesn't oh, yeah. have to do with him, that's okay, too. Oh, yeah. No, I grew up in central Missouri and then moved to Michigan. My mom came up from University of Missouri to Michigan State to teach, so when I was like 16, but I grew up kind of around that Klinger clan, Steve Martin, and them boys, Eric, his brother, up in northern Missouri, and showing calves and always had some hogs and uh, moved up here and then you know first year showing I remember for hell he's just a little shit I was 16 he was probably whatever you know 9 10 you know 10 11 I guess me they bought the top selling steer out of Hardings that year what was that one's name V? Clark? His name was Clark. Yeah yeah and I thought man they they spent a decent amount for the day uh, boy it's gonna this is gonna be one of the heaters in the state and Kind of back then it was, yeah, Verhelis and then traders were showing and a few of them, but it was only like V said, it was just kind of a handful that you knew you were going to have to compete against. And these days, I mean, everybody's, you know, gunning. There's more information, more calves, and everything's kind of gunning. So it's it's fun right now. You bet. So, uh, Verheli, just a specific question about one of the bulls that I had through my uh just getting started years. I think you were helping those years. Um, we had a bull in Denver back in 2006-ish or 2005-ish called Bleeding Purple. He was a heat wave on a Krugerrands Merger Angus cow. Uh, do you remember the bull? Can you tell any specific uh, impressions of the bull standing so many years ago? That bull gets used to this day, 20 years later. Uh, do, you, do you remember the bull at all? Oh, I remember that bull. He was much like a shorthorn heifer that my sister showed, that they were ahead of their time, just softer in their, their rib shape, softer down low, and just, I mean, Bleeding Purple had that good base width, impeccable rib shape, and still had extension. And, I mean, that's why that's why people still want them to this day. I mean, I know... James Williams had a lot of success with bleeding purple cattle. Um, I don't like whiskey influenced females. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think one of them might have. Uh, I know one of them won winter show here in Michigan and uh, oh, 2010 type time frame. I mean, they were just they were good functional cattle, and he he still has a. A place in this industry, it's unfortunate he has an untimely death. Yeah, he was probably just a, little, a shot less clubby than Monopoly was, bred the same way, Heat Wave Angus is. Uh, big barrel, not the stoutest bull in the world, not quite as stout as Monopoly was, probably not quite as big footed, but thanks, sure, complete, huge barrel for the time, and uh, yeah, pretty cool that he still has just a little bit of influence now, so many years later. But, uh, yeah. um, I guess, uh, I have one more question for you, Verheli. Um, I know in 2006 or seven, we had uh, reserve overall market steer behind Kai Sturwalt with uh, Andrew Giroux steer, a heat wave who made who that old Phil Locker raised. Um, do you have any specific memories from that week that you could share with the audience? No, it, it was just just a lot of fun. That that whole week, that calf, that calf when we. We got them there late December. I mean, that one would just, we we all knew we just needed a little more time, and we're, we're hoping he'd get there by state fair time, but 
it, it took for Louisville for that one to hit his peak, and it was it was fun. I mean, yeah. young kids out there competing with the with the big guys, and and we hit a lick, and it it yeah. it felt very good. Um, so we would have been 23, 24, 25 years old. I'm not trying to compare me or you to uh, Joe Hare and Nelson England, but kind of the same time frame in terms of age and them young kids that are kicking ass now. And uh, pretty cool to remember those fond old memories. Uh, I do have a story that I told in the Kirk Sterwalt podcast that I'll tell here quick because many people uh, hadn't heard the – I mean, there might be some people out there that haven't heard the Sterwalt podcast. We uh, we were in class, very tough class, five or six deep in that class. And uh, Andrew got second, Ty Sterwalt got first. And uh, we had a good feeling for overall. But as the cattle were exiting the ring, Judge Jim Williams said, this boy here in second, he just, I'm not even sure he knows how good his calf is. He kind of looks like a deer in a headlight out here. <laughs> <laughs> got, got, got the deer in the headlights look. So I'll add, I'll add to that story, Matt. Uh, so, and I wish Larry was on because he could, could add as well, but. Larry and Ryan were up, Drosers are from the UP, Upper Peninsula, and that's the one thing about Michigan is kind of, you know, some of those outreaching states, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland, et cetera, where, I mean, there's just not a bunch of, you know, traders of people get through, but there's, there's good cattle here, and you get, I mean, even up, you know, the UP's got some really good cattle coming out of there, but V and Larry were up there helping get that calf ready, helping Drosers and Daryl Lisa's cousins there or whatnot. And they, uh, UPs, I mean, you're damn near to Canada, right? And it's just stuff's different. Shit's different up there. I mean, it's it's the wild west of the north. And so here's, you know, Larry, who's from southeast Michigan, almost Ohio, and V, who's kind of from central Michigan. You know, we don't get bears and wolves and, you know, moose and shit like that down here. So here's those two up there, you know, taking care of, or helping Derosa's, you know, trying to get that steer dialed in for Louisville. And uh, I can't remember, was it, you had to go get the mail, or what was it for Helly when uh, the howling started? No, it was it was kicking kicking steers out of the cooler there at about 2 a.m. And uh, then heard the wolves howling and then saw one run, and, yeah, then I didn't walk across <laughs> the field. Or I, I drove my truck over to the bar. But, he wouldn't. No, true says he wouldn't leave the house without being in a vehicle. <laughs> I don't blame him. They got their house tucked in right in the woods. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some wild game there that were intimidating for sure. Hey, you wanted a berry story quick there too, eh, Matt? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. I did, I did think of one there. And it involves Larry as well, so I wish he was on. V, please add any detail to this, but it was uh, Larry, Mr. Mark Hogue, and, and Nick, Barry. And we were all at the beef barn, and I think I think Larry, they had their feeding pigs over at the old MSU, so I should preface this, MSU beef barn, MSU swine farm. Those farms connected before they put up that VDL behind the, the pavilion there. And they connected with a peach orchard. And uh, Brett Barber was managing the purebred beef barn at that time. And he had been lobbying to try to get money for a new Polaris Ranger. And he just got it. And Brett, you know, proud Texan, 
very proud and happy to get that. Everybody was. I mean, it was kind of a big deal, you know, to get that. Everybody worked there. So those three needed, I don't know, provisions or what. And I'm not even sure who was driving. But they had to navigate to the peach orchard from the purebred beef barn back to the hog barn. Somehow, that brand new Polaris is a barber just got flipped over on the top. And Larry's the only one that landed on his feet. Those other two are hanging upside down for just a bit. And had a, had a big wound on their shoulders to have to go tell Barbara they just wrecked his brand new Polaris. <laughs> that's funny. I can just about that's, imagine. That's the, my Barry more story. Funny that's the of that Barry story I got, honestly. <laughs> Brahelli, you said you were hanging out with Spike, uh, Brennan, and Merritt tonight. I just want to reach out to him and thank him for his help on the promotions during OKC this year. And then to finish up, my wife did mention to me one thing. She said uh, that uh, she'd been to a few shows with Larry Russell and uh, even you one time, but the, the one story that she kept hearing from Larry that she wanted me to get a little comment from you about was the one time down in Columbia City, Indiana, the, the hot tub story. Do you have anything you can mention about that? I don't recall what you're talking about, Matt. <laughs> no, nope, nope. We, that's all. That's all the more that's needed. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we, nope, could, we could go on and on about. and on. I don't. I don't. I wish Larry were on here to to explain that story. I think Sean Yount was involved and Julie. I mean, we've all had family involved in it a lot longer than that. But just what we've been able to experience in our lifetime, how much it's changed. It's. It, it, it's crazy. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, back when we were all kids starting to do this, you you weren't you you weren't cool kids for for showing livestock. And nowadays, yep. the the cool kids they're they're showing livestock, and it's it's been great for the industry. It's been, I mean, great for everybody involved with the industry. Whether you're selling feed, selling selling show supplies. Selling cattle, I mean, it's lambs, goats. I mean, that goat deal's taken off exponentially. I mean, it's it's ridiculous what what animals are bringing nowadays, and it, it is great for everybody. And well, unless you're trying to buy them, but it's it, it's, <laughs> right. it's it's great. I mean, it's there's nothing better for kids to be involved with, with the exception of maybe fishing, but. Uh, the, the the dedication and work ethic that you carry on throughout life that that helps yeah. you succeed um, it's it, it it's great and it's happy to see it grow and the people that support it everything's getting bigger show committees they're, they're doing their greatest I don't get to a lot of shows anymore um, watch a lot of it on fall all the all the live feeds. The various avenues. It's it's amazing to watch some of that stuff occur. That point you're making about uh, it used to be not be cool in the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, you had your show cattle click, but yeah, I think it's become more mainstream. I know there's a lot of complaining about the price of the cattle sometimes, but with those elevated prices of cattle, I mean, it just has become trendy now. Uh, with the pulse, everybody wants to see their kiddo on the pulse, and I think there's a lot of competition to see that. And, that leads to increased prices, but it also makes everybody work harder. So, I think there's some yeah. some, some cost yeah. some cost benefit analysis there. Whenever you think about uh, you know the elevated prices leads to 
those show winners and those people involved in the show industry are kind of now in the cool kids club. Well, it encourages everybody to work harder. I mean, that, 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 that's the competition, whether you're playing the sport, showing livestock, fishing, racing cars. Competition, I mean, is great. It, everybody builds from it. I mean, there's it, it makes everybody better. That's what competition does is you, you don't always get a ribbon. You have to work during the ribbon. And that's the great thing, I think, of what is going on right now. Hey, you know, Matt, you were asking Michigan kind of the the greats that you've seen or the good things in the past 20 years. One of the coolest things that that I've seen, and, you know, again, kind of a perimeter state outside states, when Luke was reserved and when you were involved, what year was that, me and Matt at Louisville? Six or seven. Yeah, and then again, Brandon Merritt won Louisville, won it, and Luke was reserved. Brandon won it. Was that 13, 14Z? Oh, I think it was 14. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, one of kind of the perimeter states and just what you're talking about is putting the work in, realizing the competition is bigger. And, you know, when, when Brandon won it that year, I mean, that was, that was a big deal for, for all of us. I mean, we, none of us, I mean, we all just, you know, we're in and out of that barn, not me, not near as much as, as Z and, um, you know, Justin Morgan was involved on that sphere too. And, but, but it was fun to follow that me and Verheli and that sphere won a bunch through Indiana. You know, we come down there, Northern Indiana, you're messing with some serious stuff. You got broom balls and pennies and jarks and, you know, we, you get into there, the Michigan trailer rolls up, and it's usually not as fancy and probably needs its bearings greased on the trailer. But to, you know, go down there and win quite a bit that Brandon did and then see that sphere go on and win Louisville, that, that was, for me, one of the coolest kind of Michigan moments there. Michigan pride, baby. Michigan pride. You bet, man. Michigan so, yeah, just shouting out a few of the other major contenders in the state, Dennis, Alyssa, and uh, the Borson family just—they've been kind of a national caliber player in, over the last ten years in the in the national scene. And uh, I sure don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, yeah, just uh, Michigan is an awesome state. Can't wait to see everybody this weekend at the Beef Expo for Helly and Hill. You guys did so good. Anytime you want to come back on, I would love to have you. You guys were uh, more engaging than some guests that I've had, so thank you for that. We're friendly folk, Matt. You bet. All right. Thank you, B. Thank you, B. Hill. We'll see you this weekend, okay? Yep. Sounds yeah. good, man. Thank you. Thank you.